Lee from the University of Southern California, and welcome to Annenberg Radio News for April 9th, 2015. I'm David Hidari. Members of the Stop, Inca- Stopping- Stop Mass Incarceration Network held a news conference today in downtown Los Angeles. It was addressing the killing of a black man in South Carolina. They also discussed police brutality across America. Christian Brown reports. 617 people have been killed by law enforcement officers in Los Angeles County since 2000. People came together in downtown L.A. to protest police brutality. This topic is especially important to Christian Ramirez. Uh, my brother. My brother was uh, killed uh, the same way as uh, the guy in South Carolina. He was shot eight, um, shot at eight times, hit six times, um, one bullet to the back of the head, and he has, uh, you know, five more bullets in his back, you know, and he was killed uh, October 27th. Oscar Ramirez was killed by an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy in Paramount. His brother hopes law enforcement takes a look at how they respond to calls. But I just know that I want them to change change the way they're handling situations like this. My brother's life shouldn't have been, uh, you know, taken away. Many of the recent police shootings have been caught on cell phone cameras. Rich Roberts from the International Union of Police Associations says footage does not always show the full interaction. The Stop Mass Incarceration Network is planning a walkout on April 14th to continue raising awareness of this issue. Christian Brown, Annenberg Radio News. Los Angeles City Attorney Mike Fuhr announced today that he has shut down over 500 marijuana dispensaries over the past two years. There is no such thing as a lawful medical marijuana business in Los Angeles. There remain a number of dispensaries in the city, some of which may be able to obtain limited immunity from enforcement, and some may not. Fewer estimates about 125 dispensaries are operating legally. He says he will continue to close dispensaries not protected. President Obama has come out in opposition to using a controversial procedure on minors known as LGBTQ conversion therapy. Ben Abbott has more on the story. Conversion therapy is a treatment intended to change a person's homosexuality to heterosexuality. Rich Weiler went through this type of conversion therapy. He's the director of the nonprofit organization People Can Change. Not having options can also make one suicidal and depressed and create a great deal of heartache. Believing that yeah, I was suicidal at a time when I thought my only choice was to live a gay life. That's why Weiler thinks President Obama is wrong. The president's statement is in response to a petition posted on WhiteHouse.gov calling for an end to LGBTQ conversion therapy. It's received more than 120,000 signatures in just three months and was started after a 17-year-old transgender girl, Leela Alcorn, committed suicide. Her suicide note said religious therapists were trying to convert her back to being a male. Weiler doesn't think anyone should undergo what he calls shame-based therapy. But there are people who think being gay is wrong and should be treated. Kelby Harrison, director of the USC LGBT Resource Center, supports the president's statement and points out that the American Psychiatric Association calls conversion therapy unethical. Adults even have restricted access to these kinds of conversion therapy, which I think is correct. I think it should be quite limited. Um, They're not successful. They have um, typically detrimental outcomes to both the patient and the patient's family. Just the statistics across the board are that they don't work. California, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. have already banned the use of conversion therapy on minors, and the president hopes more states will follow. Ben Ebert, Annenberg Radio News. Everybody makes mistakes, but media, cricket, 
Media critic Nikki Usher is trying to stop the New York Times from doing just that. Hillary Jackson has the story. In the Columbia Journalism Review, Usher called on the Times to limit the publication of stories that disregard the hardship of today's young adults. Usher spoke with Aaron earlier today about her piece. I'm not sure that the Times is doing the best job to build loyalty if um, the Times becomes something that you mock. Usher is no stranger to the Times newsroom. In 2014, she published a book that chronicles the day-to-day operations of the newspaper. But she had to voice her concern after an article about an ultra-rich 13-year-old sparked conversation on Facebook. She said today's young adults are some of the first to make less than their parents, and Times articles about the ultra-rich are disrespectful to millennials. If the Times wants to maintain appeal to a younger readership, it must aim for more than eye-catching headlines. So just getting clicks is not equivalent to doing something successful. If the Times doesn't change its ways, Usher said millennials won't hesitate to take their news elsewhere. Hillary Jackson, Annenberg Radio News. Mayor Eric Garcetti spoke today about the launch of a campaign to, lo- to convince Angelinos to voluntarily save water before the government begins mandating it. Faith Miller brings us the story. At the heart of this campaign is the drop. That's Mayor Garcetti, and he's talking about an animated water droplet grazing bus stops, billboards, and even garbage trucks in an attempt to get Angelinos to save water. And look, this is a positive campaign. The drop isn't angry when your sprinklers water the sidewalk more than the yard, but the drop is certainly disappointed. It's a guilt campaign. That's what happens when you get a half-Catholic, half-Jewish mayor. But <laughs> The new campaign has a social media aspect. Hashtag Save the Drop LA that aims to bring in more young people. Young people don't have lawns, they can change to more drought friendly plants, but some say they're much more likely to change their ways, so a social media campaign would be an effective way of reducing water use in all of Los Angeles. Kids, young people are much more willing to change lifestyles and can turn on a dime. It's time to move. The longer you wait, the more painful it gets. The hashtag isn't exactly trending on Twitter yet, but it is gaining some traction. Some young people on campus say they aren't quite sold on drastic measures to save water. I'm not sure if I just saw it. I'm not sure if I would really take time to read it and really figure out what it was talking about. Since we we don't feel any drought right here, you know, around us, all we see is um, uh, when we go on a highway, we see um, banners like save water, There's not really much I can do, or not much I think I can do. Mayor Garcetti says that's exactly the attitude his drop campaign is looking to drown. Faith Miller, Annenberg Radio News. USC's Office of Sustainability is hosting events all month to raise environmental awareness. Rania Raniftos has the details. April is Earth Month, when we celebrate our planet and focus on what we can do to preserve it. You know, we only have one Earth. We have to take care of it. I wish every month could be Earth Month. That was Christopher Carr, the garden coordinator of USC's Office of Sustainability. The office has educational activities all month. Today, for example, there was a composting workshop at the Urban Garden, located near the shrine. Liana Wertman, a planning and analysis member, says that composting is overlooked because we think the earth will decompose everything on its own. Like you throw away banana peel, eventually it'll just decompose. And composting is a really cool way of taking that waste that we think is just gonna, the earth is gonna take care of and actually just take care of it ourselves. The Environmental Student Assembly's website and Facebook page has information on all the upcoming events this month. Rania Niftos, Annenberg Radio News.
And if you've ever wondered about the origins of curious words and phrases, here's Logan Healy with today's Root Source. More than 100,000 people will be thunderstruck by ACDC and other artists the next two weekends. Throngs of music lovers, including many from USC, will descend upon the Empire Polo Club in Indio. Jack White is another headliner at the 16th annual Coachella Music Festival. Some festival goers will figure out that Coachella is named after the valley in which it's located. But few will know that the name Coachella actually comes from a mistake and really doesn't mean anything. Founders of the town in 1901 wanted to call the place Conchilla. That's a Spanish word for the tiny shells found in the area. But a misprint in an advertisement for the new town changed the name to Coachella. So as you drive down the 10 towards Indio, remember that Drake could be headlining the Conchilla Music Festival this year instead of Coachella. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. For the first time in nearly a decade, USC has a woman student government president. ARN's Tara Campbell sat down with Rini Sampath. So what motivated you to run? My friends expressed to me, Rini, you should really go for it. Uh, don't let anything hold you back. There were definitely moments in this very cubicle that we're sitting in where I had breakdowns thinking about just, you know, can I actually do this? And my friends were the ones consoling me, telling me absolutely go for it. So do you think it's important to get encouragement as a woman to run? I think it is important, but there's a unique distinction. I've heard that women have to be asked multiple times to run for positions compared to men, where I think they kind of just do it. Um, I know I will be doing whatever I can to make sure I'm encouraging my peers because I recognize that this is a problem among women and trying to find a solution for it. You running for president and you decide to have another woman on the ticket. Yes. Having two women on the ticket that had never been done. Mm -hmm. Were you setting out to set a record? Yeah, in fact, when we were starting the process, I was recommended that I pick that uh, white Greek male as my vice president. And uh, it was difficult because that kind of spoke to me and it sent a message of you, you need someone like that to win because you look like this and you are this. You're a woman and you're different and you're non-Greek. And I think that all of those things bothered me. It just didn't sit with me well. And to this day, I tell Jordan every single day how lucky I am that she's my vice president. Shifting gears a little bit, the American Student Government Association <laughs> estimates that about 40% of colleges, including community colleges, have female student body presidents. Wow. Out of the top 100 institutions ranked in 2014 by the U.S. News and World Report, so that includes USC, only one-third have female student body presidents. It's so sad. This just makes me so disappointed because in high school, I don't think this was something that crossed my mind. And I think that coming to college, it was such a reality check. From the comments I got during this past campaign and the previous campaign, I 
definitely have seen the challenges of running for president or vice president as a woman. And I think that we've absolutely got to start changing things. In fact, we started a Facebook group called Women in Collegiate Student Government. And Jordan and I are trying to connect women all over the United States who are in student government. We're trying to get them connected so that we can start encouraging each other and build a network for each other. UCLA has had at least six women in the last decade. So we've had you, one, and UCLA has had six. Do you think it's a private versus public issue? I don't know. I, I do feel embarrassed that our crosstown rival UCLA has had way more women in office than us. But I really don't know if it's a private versus public thing. It's great that this is receiving attention because it's a broader reflection of what's going on in society as a whole. But one thing that I always stress is also this idea of electing the most qualified, most experienced. Um, people sometimes ask me, does that mean, Rini, you're going to vote for any woman who runs? And I think that I, as an individual, recognize it's about electing who's most qualified and most experienced um, and who has the right vision for the job. Was there one either being female or being a minority that was harder to overcome? For me, I think being a minority. And I think that's because I've always been self-conscious about my race. And I think that stems from having moved here when I was seven years old. I still had an accent. I grew up in India and Singapore. And I was teased for the way that I pronounced my words. And these kinds of things always stung growing up. And I think that I still have memories of being told on the playground, you can't play with us because your skin is darker than mine. And that kind of carried over over to when I ran and it just brought back those memories and I think that's what hurt the most and my gender though I had so many women around me uh, telling me you know we, you got to do this for us but I didn't quite have the people um, who maybe experienced that kind of similar experience of having moved to America and all of those things so I think that hurt more. I, I just am so honored for this position and I'm very thankful that the USC student body trusted Jordan and me and we hope to make everyone proud in the upcoming year. View the newly released dash cam video from the South Carolina police shooting and hear from experts about police brutality tonight on ATVN. ATVN is live Monday through Thursday at 6pm. That's it for today. We've had help from Kate Guarino, Daniel Sue, Diana Lee, Eliana Velasco, Emily Lee, and Jessica Harrington. Our board operator is Derek Renfro. Rebecca Gibbon is the newscast producer, and the executive producers are Andy Vasoyan and Logan Healy. For all of us here at Annenberg Radio News, I'm David Hadari.